the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. the Nick D podcast and I am Nick DeGilio, your host. And uh, hey, uh, thanks for uh, checking us out. Thanks for being a podcast subscriber. And it is the Nick D podcast. We're part of the Radio Misfits podcast network. There are tons of great uh, podcasts that are available here uh, at Radio Misfits. Check out radiomisfits.com and subscribe to those podcasts um, and be a part of it. If you want to be a part of it, we'd love to hear from you. Leave your questions and your thoughts and your comments, anything. We want to hear from you. This is your podcast too. So leave your voicemails at 773-417-6948. Voicemails anytime. We'll play them. We listen to them all and we play a bunch of them too. So 773-417-6948. Drop us an email anytime you want. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail or a uh, email for us right now. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the themes, the one that you just heard, and many more. Uh, rate and review us, please do, at RadioMisfits.com or any platform. Like us, subscribe, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that cool stuff. And thank you for listening to the Nick D Podcast. Coming up on this uh, episode, episode 27 on this Tuesday, Jim Ryan, my old friend Jim Ryan, who is a music writer, columnist, reviewer, all kinds of really cool stuff. He writes for Forbes.com, Daily Herald. He's going to join me. He used to be a regular on my uh, on my WGN show, and now he's going to be a regular here. Got uh, articles about concerts and music and interviews musicians and all kinds of cool stuff. Jim Ryan, music guy, great guy, going to join us. The great Esmeralda Leon is going to join me uh, as we do uh, every podcast to chat, have fun. And, uh, and we're going to talk about crazy news stories and insane headlines and much, much more. We'll catch up with uh, what Esmeralda did over the weekend and uh, all that cool stuff. And it is Tuesday, and that means my dad's going to tell a joke. That's right. My 80-year-old dad loves to tell jokes. He's been telling them his whole life. Told them on my old WGN show. Tells them every Tuesday on my show. It's Nick's dad tells a joke. That's coming up. We also, again, as I said, we would love to hear from you uh, for voicemails and for emails. And I got a great email here that I want to mention before we... Um, get the uh, podcast officially started. This is from Barb. Very lovely email from Barb. And thank you, Barb. Barb says, I've been waiting to email you for a while, but like we know, life happens. I was so happy when I heard that you were doing a podcast. I was very happy when I found out that Steve Cochran had a podcast too. Um, I don't listen to that radio station uh, because the assholes have ruined it. Um, You were my saving grace in the beginning of that pandemic. Listening to you at night helped me relax and fall asleep, not because your show was boring, but because you made it a safe zone. And for that, I thank you. Thank you very much. That was a, a, an interesting time uh, to be a voice uh, during that lockdown, during those early days of the pandemic. Um, and I was much appreciated by my listeners, not appreciated by the assholes who run the radio station. Then it said, those, she says, those asshats took you away. Thank goodness you're back. I love that you and Esmeralda are together. She is wonderful. I heard your interview with Steve Cochran, and it was wonderful to hear you both together again. I'm so happy that you're doing okay. I love your dad's jokes. 
Um, and they are definitely dad jokes. Stay well in this crazy world. That's Barb. Thank you, Barb. Uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate we get a bunch of emails and a bunch of voicemails from, from you guys. The support has been a, a great, and we're here. We're doing it every Tuesday, every Friday. I'm going to continue to have great guests and great topics and have fun and include you. So uh, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. And right now, um, I would like to say hello to an old friend of mine, a great music writer. Uh, his name is Jim Ryan, and we're going to jump right into that conversation after we do our official welcome to the podcast. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackal. All right, and uh, now I would like to welcome uh, to the podcast an old friend of my uh, WGN show who I would have on regularly, usually once a month, and we're going to do that again here uh, on the podcast. Um, he is a, uh entertainment writer, used to be a traffic reporter, in fact, uh, and used to do traffic for WGN and other uh, places, and uh, now writes about uh, entertainment, mostly music, does concert reviews, music reviews, music interviews for Forbes.com, uh, The Daily Herald and more and it is our good friend uh jim ryan jim how have you been my friend i've been good it is so uh it is so nice to be back on the on the air with you this is lovely yeah it's been a while it's been too long i think so but we're back and uh how, how did you hold up through the covid uh thing how'd that go for you <laughs> uh still figuring that out i think you know yeah it's still around but i mean i mean <laughs> lockdown and all that we we had you on the show a couple of times during lockdown when we were still on I got to tell you those those appearances too like that that to me I felt like I'd kind of lost my sense of humor for a long portion of that early lockdown stretch and those uh those couple hours once a month uh be, we could laugh you know that's yeah. that's what I, my takeaway and I missed Yeah it was missed hilarious that. it was hilarious when they fired me that was fucking hilarious Uh anyway <laughs> that, that uh, part yeah <laughs> less less funny that part yeah Yeah no kidding uh but anyway uh back got the podcast going really well I love working with uh, Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits they're fantastic and everybody should check out radiomisfits.com But uh, you don't know this maybe but you know uh regular guests who come on either once a month or whatever uh semi regulars everybody gets their theme song and uh, you have a new theme song, Jim. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Uh, and uh, it is done by the one and only Jason Skaggs, who is uh, insane and awesome and does all the theme songs, the music, the sounds, everything uh, uh, for free, by the way. Uh, he's an amazing dude out of uh, Houston, does incredible work. And he does all the theme songs for everybody. And he did a theme song for you. I said, hey. My buddy Jim Ryan, you remember him, he used to be a regular on my WGN show, writes about music and blah, blah, blah. He liked your name, and uh, you have a theme song. Are you ready to hear it? Because I, I got to tell you, Jim, it's pretty epic. This is amazing. I can't wait. Okay, here it is. Jim Ryan from Forbes.com and other places who talks about music and does interviews. This is your official theme song by the one and only Jason Skaggs, exclusively for the Nick D Podcast. Oh, we have a treat for you. Jim Ryan. Oh, he is on the lion. Jim Ryan. I am about to pour a big bowl of Jim Ryan down your ear hole. Jim Ryan. 
conversations in golf fence issues. Now's the time we turn up the microphone louder so we can hear what Jim Ryan has to say. That's it, man. Oh, There's man. your theme song. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad to see my reputation for uh, my love of footwear precedes me. That's, that's yeah. excellent. Isn't that amazing? Uh, also, uh, <laughs> you know, is that the most your name has been said ever in 35 seconds? I think yeah, so. Yes. Yes. Jim Ryan. That, Jim that Ryan. Was... Jim Ryan. It was, uh, there you go. Epic that's, is really the word for that. You're, you're right on. It's the man, Jason Skaggs. Um, yeah. Can you imagine what he would do if I paid him? <laughs> uh, anyway so there you go jim uh tell us all about for the folks who might not know you as the regular that you were on my uh my gn yes. show and the regular that you are now on my podcast uh you write for forbes daily herald other things all that yeah that's uh those are the main ones uh some american songwriter in there uh chicago now uh but those are the two main ones forbes and the daily herald and uh Used to be a broadcaster. No, yeah. no longer. No longer. Well, I mean, that. hey, <laughs> I'm a broadcaster, but it's all do-it-yourself now with the help of Radio Misfits. It uh, is. I'm a broadcaster now, despite the fact that I was canned. Um, so, so, but you can uh, say the word fuck now. That's kind of nice. I can. Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, yes, I can. Um, I can do a lot of things that, uh, that I wasn't able to do, especially during that last year and a half when I was at... Uh, at the nightmare station there for a while. Um, but anyway, uh, but yeah, so you were actually at one point, you know, uh, not only broadcaster traffic guy, but you were like, you would tell people this is pretty goddamn cool. You used to be able to fly in the damn helicopter and shit. <laughs> That's the part I miss actually. Yes. Is that my, my joke was always that it beats a cubicle. Yeah. You know, being in yeah. a helicopter. So you That's... were up there in the helicopter. Say, Hey, the Dan Ryan, John Ryan or Jim Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> did that for uh for nbc nbc yeah. locally in chicago yep very cool man well now uh you're writing you're doing all kinds of cool stuff you get to see a lot of concerts were you always into music jim when you were younger and all that stuff was it a big thing for you yeah that was i uh convinced my parents to take me to my first concert uh, a week before my fifth birthday in 1984 uh at comiskey park it was michael jackson nick the, ja wow. the jacksons technically yeah that was the uh not the thriller tour. It was the, uh, the uh, torture. Oh, no, man, the, no, the victory. No. victory. Victory. That's right. Torture. I'm sorry. That's one of their songs, but <laughs> that is the song of the an, album. Yes, but an appropriate title, uh, I would think. Uh -huh. uh, not not a fan, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I just I just so that was your first one. Well, you were how old? Five. Uh, it was a week before my fifth birthday. Yeah. Okay, October, that makes sense. Comiskey Park. Yeah, that makes sense to enjoy the Jacksons when you're four. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's well, hard to enjoy them as an adult. Yeah. Well, that Jackson, that period of Jackson's, not the 60s period, because like the 60s period, 70s period of Jackson's were great. So that's, you know, that's and th that's still good stuff. Not so much uh, the victory stuff. That's not not, not <laughs> my favorite stuff. Um, well, um, so that was your first concert. I've told you my first concert, right? I don't remember. Was it Black, Top? No, Black Oak, Arkansas. Was the headliner? Oh my God! Okay. Jim Dandy wow. to the rescue! Jim Dandy to the rescue! Black Oak, Arkansas headliner, opening band before their first album came out. Bad Company, <laughs> Bad Company. Oh, it was nice. amazing! 
It was amazing. Wow, it where, was, it, where was that? Auditorium. Yeah, okay. Auditorium Theater. Wow. And, and, and I remember my dad took me. I was 10. Nine or ten. I was nine or ten. It was nineteen seventy-five, so it might have been before my tenth birthday, like yours, maybe before your birthday. And my my dad and my mom took me, and uh, you know they had to sit through Black Oak, Arkansas. <laughs> Again, I was ten, so I didn't know you know anything. And I was a Kiss fan then too. But um, but yeah. So the opening act was Bad Company, and I'll never forget it because when they walked out on stage, nobody knew who they were because this was before the first album came out. You know, right. And, and of course, obviously, that first al- that first album is legendary. You know, one of the best debut albums ever, in my opinion. Classic rock standby. You know, mm-hmm. so they they walk out. My dad starts going nuts, and I'm like, <laughs> with my dad, and he's going nuts. And he starts elbowing me, and he goes, "Man, that's the guy from Free." So he didn't really know <laughs> Paul Rogers' name, but he okay. was a huge fan of Free, like a massive fan of Free. And recognized him right away. And my dad was all excited. Nobody knew who Bad Company, ladies and gentlemen, Bad Company. Right. And all of a sudden, these guys walk out. My dad goes ape shit because Paul Rogers walks out on stage. And so he enjoyed Bad Company. They didn't play any free. They just played the first, they basically played the first Bad Company album. Um, but my dad was very excited and he, lo- he loved it. And then, you know, they had to sit through, you know, Blue Oyster Cult after that. Or not Blue Oyster Cult, but <laughs> wow. Black Oak, Arkansas. But anyway, yeah, Bad Company before... Before when I was company. about 10, I got my parents to take me to Rosemont. I, the band I wanted to see on this bill was the Gin Blossoms, but the other two bands on the bill were Ween and the Flaming Lips. And uh, can you wow. imagine uh, your parents sitting through a Flaming Lips or a Ween concert in the 90s? Did he Did yeah. uh, Did he come out with the – did he do the ball? Did he walk on the crowd with a giant rubber he ball? Did, he wasn't doing that yet, no. He didn't oh. do that until later. Um, okay. So it was just a very odd experience. And then you've got Ween doing Push the Little Daisies and my parents looking at each other like, yeah. what the hell what's is happening right what's now? Happening? Yeah, was, Gin Blossoms, yeah. though, uh, boy, that first album uh, – second album, I should say, because uh, wasn't that their second album, the big one? Te- or- technically, it's the second one, yeah. You were yeah. correct. Yeah, New Miserable Experience, which is such a great album. It's such a sad story, man. You yeah, know, it is. Because that dude wrote 90% of the stuff on that record, and then he uh-huh. ended up dead. Um, shit. Yeah, I think I there's, there's a crazy story with it. He got the, got the gold record, threw it away, and w- was dead within a week. Yeah, drank himself to death, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so. very sad. Horrible, horrible. And that album is great. I mean, like a like a, a, a quintessential 90s record that everybody should own. Um, hey, speaking of horrible, I, I was yeah. so excited to be on today to talk about this with you because I think the last time I was on with you, we made fun of how bad Vince Neil's vocals are oh. these days. Yes, we have did. You, uh, have, we, you, we, yeah. have you seen the Bon Jovi videos making the rounds? I, I have not. I I've Because I've <laughs> I try to stay away from Bon Jovi as much as possible because I fucking hate Same. Bon Jovi. I hate Same. Bon Jovi. Same. Um, uh, but You'll I get have, a kick out of these then. Yeah, I've, I guess he's like he was doing "Wanted Dead or Alive." Somebody recorded it, and it sounded as bad as Vince Neil. It's about as bad as Vince Neil. Uh, the one that was even worse was "You Give Love a Bad Name." Yeah, it's he just sounds, and it's every night of the tour too. He's, I think he's one of those guys who, for two years, you know, at like in his sixties, uh, just didn't sing during the pandemic and expected it to just miraculously be there yeah. when he needed it, and it's not. It's not there. Oh God! Well, uh, yeah, it's I'll have to really watch that. Bad. I'll have to watch that. It'll be fun to watch because I can't stand Bon Jovi. I can't it, that's stand exactly that's exactly that's always, the way I watched those. That's videos. always that's always I can't stand Bon Jovi, and it's always my go to <laughs> when I get pissed off when somebody doesn't make it to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's always my go to is like Tico like, Torres, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, and like uh, Warren Zevon, never been nominated. 
never been Tico nominated. Torres. Tico Torres in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> Speaking of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you see how I segue? Yes. You know, you see that how good. I haven't, I've not lost my chops, A dude. Pro. Right? I have that plaque that used to be in the sidewalk in front of the Trib building. <laughs> Uh, it's in my kitchen Bro. now. I mean, it's in my goddamn kitchen now, and, that, and there's a reason because I can segue. That's why it's in my kitchen. Oh, uh, man, that's like I said, being Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. You talked to Lindsey Buckingham. That was so. Come cool. on, now. All right, I have to ask I you immediately. He's going to be playing the North Shore Center um, on April 21st. Yeah, this week. This week. Uh, well, if, if you're listening to it after April 21st, if you're listening to the podcast April 21st, well, you missed it. But anyway. <laughs> uh, Lindsey Buckingham, I, I want to hear about what you talked about, what it was like, all that stuff. I had the first, the fr- do you know the first question I'm going to ask you? No, no, go, go for it. Okay. Did you talk about what's up with that? Oh, no, we did not, but I've read, oh! him. I've read some pieces where he talks about it. Okay. Cause he was, I was shocked that he was just on not long ago. He was on with Halsey and they didn't do it. I know. I was shocked too. I thought that well, you know why it was. It's because you can't do what's up with that without all the elements. And without Sudeikis, yeah, right. Without Sudeikis, without Armisen, you can't. You, you know what I mean? You can't do it with those. Sure. And if you if you can't get them, like when Sudeikis hosted, they did it. They brought Fred Armisen in, right. and they did it when Sudeikis hosted not too long ago. But if he's not there, you can't do it. You know what I mean? But you could like right. maybe do a weekend update thing. You could have done that. Like have you know, uh, uh, have Keenan in costume and then have Lindsey Buckingham come out, you know? Right. But like what they did was they couldn't get Bill Hader. I don't know if you remember, but when they, when they did oh, it with yeah. they couldn't get Bill Hader and they got the guy from, uh, what's his ass from, uh, um, succession. And he kept, <laughs> and he kept saying that it what he was because it was, it was the Halloween episode. And he kept saying that it really was Lindsey Buckingham in a succession mask in a, in the, a Nick from succession. Yeah. But anyway, so you didn't ask him about that. Uh, you, you didn't ask him about what's up with that. But you did get to talk to Lindsey Buckingham, who is a living legend. Talk to me about that. We spoke about his new album um, and, and how it kind of indirectly led to the split uh, from Fleetwood Mac because this album was ready to – it just came out in September, but it, it was ready to go in 2018. And then he had open heart surgery. He had all these things, so it, it got pushed back. But, um, I mean, the story on that, if, if you recall, was – he wanted. To, he had just done the album with Christine McVie, which was supposed to be the next Fleetwood Mac album, but Stevie wouldn't do it. Um, so it just. Came you mean out there was actually as, trouble? There was trouble within Fleetwood Mac. Can, can you imagine? Really, there was I can't. I, and it's funny. It was trouble within <laughs> Fleetwood Mac, but nobody was fucking each other at that time. So it, it's, I, just, <laughs> it's a sordid history. It's uh, incredible. Of, of it's incredible. Isn't it amazing though, Jim? Think about it. Would you be able to stand on stage with your ex girlfriend singing while she sang songs about you being a dick? Would they? Wouldn't that I be? Mean, as he put it, he goes, I was in that band for 43 years. Could you imagine doing it for 43 years? <laughs> it's insane. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So continue. So the, the new album kind of was, he couldn't get Stevie and so on and so forth. Go ahead. So yeah. So in 2017, he put out this album with Christine McVie. It was supposed to be a Fleetwood Mac album. Stevie wouldn't do it. So it just came out billed as Lindsay Buckingham and Christine McVie. And they toured. And then in 2018, he was ready to put his uh, solo album out. He had said to everyone at Fleetwood Mac, he wanted to do the solo album, do the tour, and then do the Fleetwood Mac tour. And apparently it was Stevie in particular who got pretty pissed about that. The way he phrased it was uh, she said she would be bored if that was the order oh, they did it man. in. Jesus. <laughs> so he put out the album and 
then they had that issue. There was, there was, they did one live event together at a music cares uh, thing. And that was where everything blew up. Uh, him, Stevie, the issues, and she kind of exercised her power play there and forced him out. So it was really this album that came out last September is pretty much responsible for that. Jeez. And, uh, and here we, here we are. So he had Lindsay replaced by two people in Fleetwood Mac. It takes two people to do yeah. what he does. It's uh, it's incredible the history that that band has. I mean, you know, just if you look at Fleetwood Mac and how and how different they sounded and who was in the band when they started. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like like the evolution of that band. If people might not know, you know, they started out as a completely different band than what people remember them from in the heyday of, of the eighties. As a British blues band, yeah, the Peter Green stuff is legit blues. Yeah. And then they turned into whatever they were in the seventies and eighties, which is different. And I like, yeah. I love that. I love that version of Fleetwood Mac. But the hardcore Fleetwood Mac fans can't stand that. You know what I mean? I mean, especially like I was listening to uh, one of the flashpoints for this solo album is because this solo album is super poppy. It's extremely poppy, which is out of character for him. And I was listening to the Tango in the Night album because that was the last really super poppy thing he did. And to think that that band that band that like you're saying in the 70s wound up being responsible for tracks like everywhere and little lies is kind of stunning it is it is i mean and i still have people i have guys that you know like that uh, you know there's a group of guys that i used to hang out with at simon's when i was a drinking man and uh and we would bitch about music until like three o'clock in the morning and i have a guy who's (laughs) like these guys are around because i'm in i'm i'm now technically in July, I'll be in, I'll technically be in my late fifties cause I'll be 57 in July. So the guys I hung out with were around my age or older. So we're talking about guys who are now like late fifties into their sixties. And there's one guy in particular who will not acknowledge anything that Fleetwood Mac did <laughs> po- like post 1972. He just won't like, Nope, fuck it. It's crap. You know what I mean? And they, and like, like anything like, but wait a minute, you know, then you go, no, but rumors is cool. And Tusk is an interesting record. Nope. It's shit. Yeah. It's all garbage. Like, <laughs> Those are the hardcore guys, man. It was. It's fascinating because I mean, he says that the two, the two albums that were big influences on this were Tusk and Tango in the Night. Tusk, in terms of it, gave him that license to kind of experiment a bit more, which especially solo, he he went on to do two great lengths, and then Tango in the Night because this album, like I say, is is extremely poppy. So those were kind of the two flashpoints. Yeah. Have you, you know, this is a guy who's been in the music business. Jesus Christ. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? 55, 60 years? Almost? 50, 50 something years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as long as I've been alive, this guy's been in the music business. I mean, he's got to have some insane stories. What else did you talk to him about? I mean, we get it. He was, I mean, he kept bringing up Fleetwood Mac. It was kind of amazing. I mean, he, he put it under no, under no uncertain terms that he thinks the way they've carried on now. Uh, is disrespectful to the legacy because he pointed out all of what you said that there was all this acrimony, there was all the relationship issues, and they overcame all that, right? It was, yeah. And here they are now, in at this point, fifty years later, it's you know Stevie kind of kind of exercising that power play. It's really what it is. Is her? It's her band at this point, right? That's yeah. what we've learned. I guess. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, well, they still went around and sold out arenas even without him. No, they did, and it's no, there's no question about it. But I remember there was a period of time when, um, man, I mean, Fleetwood Mac was the biggest ticket in the world. Uh, right. I remember late 70s, man. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, it was one of those deals where, like, there there were albums in the 70s where if the FBI busted into your house and you didn't own them, you'd go to jail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
Rumors was one. Rumors of them. is one of those. Yeah, and absolutely. like yeah, and Frampton comes alive. Unfortunately, is another one. Like if you if you didn't have <laughs> that record in the seven, I know. Listen, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that everybody had those albums, but Rumors was one of them. And, and uh, you know, and and you know, there was that period of time when they were just in, in the '80s and everything. And then Fleetwood, you know, and then Stevie Nicks' solo career was so so yeah. big, and Joan Cusack loved her so much in School of Rock, and uh, you know, so. But I, so they just obviously they don't talk anymore. Uh, in, in, I think so. I had read that him and him and McFleetwood have kind of talked, but it doesn't sound like him and Stevie have uh, have have resolved anything. No, and, and the weird thing it wasn't it wasn't just like between the two of them because like then romantically everybody was messing around with everybody in right, that band right. at one point. Christine I even, and John were yeah. yeah. Mick was screwing Married. Stevie, and they were all. I mean, it was just. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even it imagine is, it's, that. It's a sordid history. It is, but you know what? Great music came out of that. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's for, uh, for Christ's sake, Landslide, one of the greatest songs of all time, in my opinion, uh, came from that. <laughs> you know. Uh, I think I've read that uh, Lindsay has kind of made up with McFleetwood, and then the story he tells all the time is that when it came time, when Stevie was exercising this this power play to push him out, uh, Christine, who he had just put out an album with, reached out to him to say she was sorry she didn't uh, stick up for him a little bit during that, but she had just bought a house. <laughs> she, really? Like, really? that's she the most could... Fleetwood... It's the yeah. most Fleetwood Mac yeah. thing ever. I, it is. You're absolutely right. <laughs> They're all yeah. such self-absorbed people. It's that's like, incredible. It's incredible. Uh-huh. Well, he's playing on uh, Thursday, the twenty first, North Shore Center for performing, uh, uh, for the performing arts in uh, in Skokie. And uh, did you talk about the tour? Is he doing Fleetwood Mac stuff, or is he just uh, doing he's, solo stuff? So this tour, he's backed by a band. It's his solo band, so it isn't just him solo. And he is doing Fleetwood Mac stuff. He's doing a lot of stuff off Rumors. He's doing Go Your Own Way. He's doing Secondhand News. Um, so yeah, so there is there is Fleetwood Mac stuff there, and I mean, incredibly, somehow at this point, that's the only way you're going to really hear those songs uh, as they were you know, written and performed. Yeah. Other if you wow. go see Fleetwood Mac, you're hearing Neil Finn and Mike Campbell. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So that's uh, Lindsey Buckingham. Got to talk. Are you going to that show? Are you going to review it? I am going to go. Yeah. In fact, uh, so the, the piece that I ran, the Daily Herald piece, is a very small chunk of our conversation and a much bigger uh, piece that gets into a lot more than just the Fleetwood Mac stuff will be running at Forbes following that concert. So okay, cool. got another Look one coming to- in. It's, yeah, it's much cool. more in-depth. Daily Herald interview with Lindsey Buckingham up now. A much more comprehensive piece plus a review of the concert will be coming up at Forbes. And speaking of Forbes and going the polar opposite of a concert that you went to. <laughs> Um, and I have to, uh, I have to say that, uh, I saw some of your pictures that you posted on the, uh, on the intranets. Um, I was stunned at the fact, well, first of all, Olivia Rodrigo is who we're talking about. She became famous by having difficulty at the DMV, right? I guess. Is that, <laughs> that is, that is accurate. Uh, yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, so anyway, she's real popular now with the, with the kids, the kids all like her. And I was, you know, I, I don't follow Olivia Rodrigo's career. I'm not a big, you know, I don't dislike her. The, the, right. the Same. song, that song about standing in line at the DMV or whatever the <laughs> fuck it's about is fine. Whatever. Um, she's not, I'm 57. I'm not, I'm 56. I'm not going to listen to Olivia Rodrigo. It's not my, I'm not the target. Um, but I was stunned when I found out what venue she was playing. Right. 
explain to the folks here. You wrote, you went to go see Olivia Rodrigo, and this is sometimes what you need to get paid for. Uh, wrote about right. it for Forbes. Tell me about Olivia Rodrigo, but first of all, tell everyone where in Chicago she played. The scenic Aragon Ballroom. How does general, that... general admission, 5,000 how, people. How does that happen? I mean, yeah. this couldn't have been her choice, right? She had no idea the history or what venue she was playing, right? So this entire tour is in venues around that size. In New York, she's doing Radio City. Um, so it's she's doing all theaters. And I think really what it is is just a result of them having booked the tour a moment too early. <laughs> They booked it in these ve- these venues. Then she blew up, you know, massive. And yeah. it was the hottest ticket. It was four four five hundred bucks to get in the door on StubHub because can you, you know, imagine playing five paying five hundred dollars yeah. to get into the goddamn oh Aragon? Can you imagine that? But I mean, she could have filled an arena. Instead, she's doing yeah. two nights at the Aragon. So, well, but yeah. I, you know, I mean, that make I mean, fine. That's cool. I think that's cool. Okay, but yeah, like yeah. why why wouldn't the promoters book her in the Chicago theater? I I'm think, do you know what I mean? It, you know, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and the Chicago theater though holds even less than the Aragon. Yeah. Do a, do a couple of nights at the Chicago, <laughs> Chicago theater. <laughs> well, I could, I could tell you exactly why that is. Okay. Uh, Cause what? live, live nations promoting this tour and the live nation owns the Aragon. They do uh, not own the Chicago no, wait, theater. And doesn't the Aragon now, hold on a second. We are not calling it by a proper name. Doesn't it have a sponsorship <laughs> now? Doesn't the Aragon the, actually have a sponsorship? The Byline Bank Aragon Ballroom. I can't yes. do it. I can't. I'm sorry, dude. I can't do it. <laughs> I cannot call the brawl room the by. What's it? The Byline Bank Brawl Room. Yes. The Byline Bank Aragon Ballroom. Yes. The shit that I've done at the ballroom <laughs> and experienced in the Aragon Ballroom over the years, I cannot. There is no sponsorship in the world that I could call that place by. You and I have traded many stories about the Aragon. I love it. It's, what was the what was the show you saw where the the chairs were getting thrown on stage? Faith no more. Faith no more. <laughs> they took every chair for some reason. They put chair. They put you know uh, folding just metal folding chairs. You know the kind that they use in WWE to smash people over there. Oh, that's another topic that we'll have to talk about at some point <laughs> yes, in the future. Yes. is wrestling. Um, but they t- they picked them all up and passed them over their heads onto the stage at Mike Patton's request. <laughs> Helmet was I mean, the opening act. Helmet was the opening act. It oh was my but, God. It was Butthole Surfer's Helmet, Faith No More. It was unbelievable. Good Lord. That's amazing. Uh, I was at PE and uh, Sonic Youth where there was a riot out in the streets afterwards. I uh, have talked to uh, Butch Vig from Garbage who was at that show. He had driven down from Madison and he tells the story about the riot in the street after. Well, and It was because of the first Gulf War. There were protests in 1991, January, February 1991. There were protests out on Lawrence Avenue, uh, Lawrence, and and everybody afterwards. There was a riot. Uh, I was there for Public Anthrax and uh, uh, Public Anthrax, Public Enemy and Anthrax, where uh, I was on top of my friend with a broken nose, bleeding, and we had busted <laughs> chairs, and my my friend's pants fell down around his ankle. I can't tell you the number of things that I've done at the Aragon. <laughs> that is now the Byline Bank Aragon that hosts Olivia Rodrigo. How did that? I'm sorry. I can't get past that. No, it's amazing. That was it's, part of the reason I wanted to go. Oh, I can imagine. So what was it like to be in the Aragon with 5,000 Olivia Rodrigo fans? I mean, it had to be David Lynchian. So a friend of mine, uh, literally, we're in the car driving there, and a friend of mine texts me and goes, I don't know what the hell's going on at the Aragon tonight, but there's like a line down Broadway of little girls dressed very <laughs> strangely. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's where I'm headed, actually. <laughs> that's, that's around our way. 
It, the, so, I mean, you can imagine, you can envision that area, you know, where the car wash is or yeah, the, yeah, whatever yeah. the hell on Broadway. The line stretched from the Aragon down Lawrence to Broadway, a half mile down Broadway by that car wash. See, I'm like, oh my God. You know what's funny is I probably would have been sitting at the end of the bar where I always sat in the green mill and looked out the window <laughs> and said, what the fuck is going on across the street? <laughs> Uh, I've spent many a night, Jim, uh, at that corner window yeah, spot I know. in the I know Green Mill. Yes. Uh, I've sat there. I can't tell you. They used to have a stool saved for me at that corner by the front window of the Green Mill. Um, God, I love that place. I miss oh, that place. Oh, it's the best. That's, uh, since, I, since I stopped drinking, it's the, that's the place I miss the most is the Green Mill. I mean, I could go there and not drink, but I'd be too tempted because I'm an alcoholic, so I can't, I can't do it. I but I understand. miss that place. I miss that place. Ter- it's the best place ever. And I can yeah, imagine, I can imagine the regulars, especially at that time, because because the bar would be, you know, like the, you know, the place is packed after two a.m. It's completely packed. Yeah. But it, you know, it used to open early, and they would have you know music after like seven or eight. That's but still my favorite time to go there. Is on oh, Friday at like four in the afternoon. Chris Foreman, the blind organist, playing yes. the organ at the Green Mill. Legendary, legendary. And, and some of the people that are there at like when the daylight hours at the Green Mill, I can't imagine them looking outside going, what the hell is happening <laughs> at the Aragon? So, all right. So, so you got the weird crowd. You're in there. It was feeling, and, and you went with somebody who had a daughter. Is that? I did. My, that was the, I that was honestly 95% of the reason we covered it was my photographer's daughter wanted to go and that, you know, they were, they were, I think we were like the only media that covered it there. He was, he was shooting for me for Forbes and, the venue had one photographer there and Live Nation had one photographer there. And that was it. That was all the media they credentialed. So wow, it was pretty wild. What I expect, I expected parents with their kids and spoiler alert, Nick, it was just kids. Yeah. They were like 12 year olds running the amok yeah. at the Aragon. It was insane. We'll pick you up. We'll pick you up at 10. I'm not going to see uh-huh. this. I'm not going to see this show about the girl <laughs> who had a hard time at the DMV. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, tell me about the show. All right. Look, and, and, and look, obviously we're not the target audience. Okay. I'm, Correct. I'm being a real, I'm Correct. being a real smart ass. People who, who are listening to the podcast probably who have kids, or maybe I have listeners who like, I have subscribers who like Olivia Rodrigo. She's not my targeted audience. It's not my deal, but you know, the people that were there, did the audience like it? That's the important thing. I mean, they were beside themselves. It was again that like, you know, I had said once before, I think the closest I've ever gotten to that that hearing that Beatles scream where it's just one scream that doesn't stop that drowns out the music. I think the closest I had gotten to that prior to this past Friday was Ed Sheeran in Rosemont, where it was just a high pitched scream by girls over the course of like an hour and a half. This was like that. And then even louder, because you know how the Aragon gets. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as she would start to open her mouth to talk, that scream would go up and just not stop. And it was, I've never heard anything like it. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I went to go. I'll tell you, I can tell you the, the the loudest concert I ever went to in my life. Did I ever tell you this, Jim? I don't know. Loudest concert I ever went to in my life, and it was because of what you're talking about. It was because of the the, the nonstop. Can I? Oh, okay. Go ahead. Because I was going to guess way wrong. Take, go ahead. take a guess. Go ahead. I was well. I was going to guess uh, the the loudest one I've ever been to, and it seemed like it might be in your wheelhouse. Was Dinosaur Junior at the Metro? Well, no. That well, yes, but that was loud for other reasons. I've seen Dinosaur. <laughs> I've seen Dinosaur Junior. Millions of times, including Ireland. I saw him in Dublin uh, with Built to Spill opening. One of the highlights of my honeymoon was going, was seeing them. 
<laughs> no, I'm talking about bands that this is a band that isn't normally meant to be loud. You know what I mean? Like Olivia okay. Rodrigo, you don't go, "Ooh, right, my ears right. are my ears are going to bleed." Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Duran Duran. Duran Duran was oh, the loudest. Oh, yeah. oh my god, but okay. Yeah, I mean And this was in my friend, this was in 1985. This was in That's... 7 in the Ragged Tiger at the Rosemont and the hot, the loudest goddamn show I've seen Slayer, I've seen Sabbath, I've seen <laughs> Metallica. I've seen every loud band you can put. Nothing compares to the absolute insane loudness and the one nonstop scream of 30,000 girls when I saw Duran Duran. Oh my Duran. God. People forget that they were just absolutely the, how huge they were in, in that They were time referred period. to at that time as the Fab Five. I'm not kidding. Yeah. That's what they were referred to. And when Seven and the Ragged Tiger came out, that was the height of their teen idol popularity. Um, and they had, you know, the video screens, you know, yeah. uh, behind them. And, you know, so they had cameras and every once in a while they would, you know, they would, they would have the, you know, you could see close-ups of the band members. Right. Uh, and they were screaming, the girls were screaming constantly. And every time a different guy would show up on the big screen, they would scream more. And the loudest screams, <laughs> guess who they got the loud, if you can imagine, of all the dudes in, in Duran Duran. And by the way, I'm going to see him at the UC. There's no way. I, have, I was just going to say I've never seen them, and I'm so oh, excited dude, for you, that. You have, you have to go. Except I'm, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm upset that Andy Taylor's not going to be there. That's that's the one thing that's that I'm upset about is that Andy Taylor well, refuses to be a part of it. Um, but it's an amazing opening act too. You can it's chic for God's sake. No, I mean, it's going to be great. Nile Niles worked with them, and yeah, yeah. That's no, good. no, no, I, no. It's so cool. listen, Duran Duran is the shit. There's, there's, I, yeah. the, I legitimately love Duran Duran. I think they're great. I do too. And, you know, yeah, you can understand why. They work with guys like Nile Rodgers. They, like, even Power Station was an amazing offshoot band. They were great. But I'm a little mad that they're not. But you have to go. But uh, but what the hell was my point? Uh, the screaming? <laughs> yes, the, it was Olivia Rodrigo-esque. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was insane. Uh, but Duran Duran live, they, they're great, and uh, it, it, it was amazing, and I'm going to see them at the UC, and I can't wait uh, uh, to see them. So I, I don't anticipate the, the screaming being as loud. <laughs> the only thing I will say uh, on Olivia Rodrigo is if I have to have pop music crammed down my throat ad nauseum, I will take her coming and going because she wrote on this album of hers that, by the way, has she set Spotify streaming records and then broke them, and she is now the only artist – in history, not the Beatles, not Elvis, to chart her first three singles in the top ten. First three releases you, ever. All I, I didn't. Two I, you of know, our number one. You know how I knew that because that's how they introduced her at the Grammys this year. Before she, and performed. then that was her. That was her victory lap. Yeah, was was yeah. walking away with three Grammys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, the Grammys. But she wrote. She co-wrote eleven. Co-wrote all the tracks on that no, album. Good, Nick plays yeah. plays guitar, plays piano. Good for her, man. No, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say this: it's it, uh, she's not my deal, but I do like the Eilish. Uh, sure, I like, I like Billie Eilish. Well, she's not as young, right? Billie Eilish, she's still not. She's twenty, right? She's uh, not, Olivia, Olivia, Olivia's nineteen. Oh, okay. So they're around the same age. Yeah, I would pretty close. if if someone were to say to me which uh, music that's not aimed at you do you like more, I would clearly go with Eilish over over the uh, Rodrigo. Did I, did I tell you uh, my story on, on passing on an interview with Billie Eilish? You passed on an interview with Billie <laughs> like Eilish? An, like an idiot. She hadn't blown up yet, and we were at Lollapalooza, and my photographer was running off in the middle of the day. He had to go shoot something, and I'm like, you're never this motivated at 3.30 in the afternoon. Where the hell are you going? And he goes, Billie Eilish? Eilish? I, I don't know. And I said, who the hell is that? And he goes, I don't know, but Live Nation guaranteed me it's the next big thing, and I have to shoot it. She was at House of Blues last night, and I shot that too. 
He goes, you should come with. We'll, we'll, you can do an interview. And I'm like, eh, eh. who? No. God <laughs> well, I, you know what? I, I don't blame her. I, seriously, I don't. Like, here when we she are. First, when she first hit the scene, I was not a fan. Like, I, like the whole like walking around on, on SNL when she was walking on the roof and upside down, that right. whole thing. She, I was not into her at that time. But since then, like her new material and the stuff that she's doing now and the way she handles the press and her fans, I love her. Yeah, I, I, I have grown to absolutely respect and love her and everything. You know who else I love that's not supposed to be in my target, my wheelhouse? Who's that? Halsey. Oh, I love Halsey. Well, yeah, oh, so I mean, she's... my God. Do I love her? Lindsay, Lindsay Buckingham and I talked about her because he oh. plays, he plays oh, yeah. on the album. He was yeah, with her yeah. on SNL. Yeah, yeah she's right. awesome. Yeah, no, she's amazing. And uh, and uh, I love her last album. I loved, I watched the, the video she did, the movie that she did, uh, whatever that medieval, weird medieval yeah, thing that yeah. she did. I watched that. I love Halsey. I, I do you want to know? Do you want to know how it came to be that Lindsay was on that album? I would love to. Yes, please. It, it, he, as he put it, because uh, again, I, I, this is the only thing. This is the, only happens with celebrities, right? That Lindsay's neighbor is Trent Reznor, so they're friendly, <laughs> and Trent. Asked him to be on this album. He was producing for someone named Halsey, who Lindsay had never heard of. <laughs> That's amazing. But so he did it because That's Trent's his unbe- neighbor. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah, she just mm-hmm. happens. I live by Trent Reznor. That's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> she's the she's the goods, though, man. I think Halsey's yeah. the goods, and I I really do. I love her. I think she's great. Um, have you ever seen her live? Did you see? Her I never. Oh, uh, I saw her Lollapalooza, but I've never. I would like to see her in you know her own show indoors I would somewhere too. and really I would connect too. with like, it. Because she does it. I mean, she's like thematically, she's amazing. I think she's enormously talented. She did a a song. I can't remember what song she did, where she did a painting while she was singing on SNL. Do you remember that? I the only I watched her performance with Lindsay, but I didn't see the painting one. Wow. No, this is before. uh, I I think uh, she was. This was because when she when she was on with Lindsay, she wasn't. She was the musical guest. She wasn't the host. Because it was Kardashian, right? Wasn't Kim Kardashian? Yes. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Yes, Kim Kardashian was the host. Because I remember saying, why would you have this idiot be the host when Halsey hosted and <laughs> and was musical guest? Just like Lizzo last week. She was right. this, this, past, this past weekend. Lizzo did a terrific job. She was musical guest and she was host. And she was good at both of them. Halsey was fantastic when she was host and musical guest. Okay. Uh, and so the, the 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 performances that she gave, the one that she gave with Lindsay Buckingham was when she was just guest. But the night that she hosted and performed as musical guest, go back and watch that. She did, and I, shit, I can't remember what song it was, but she did the song while she was doing this painting, making wow. this painting, and they had the cameras overhead. The, the, the canvas was on the floor. And she did this song while she was painting this beautiful and crazy painting. She's the goods, man. Like she's really enormously talented. I'm glad you. I'm so glad to hear that you like her as well. Oh yeah, she's great. All right. So, uh, all right. Well, the, Rodrigo did her thing. Did the, now the important <laughs> thing is, did the photographer's daughter like it? That's the important thing. Oh my God, she loved it, and we had a box at the uh, at the Aragon because I was like, you know, there are times at the Aragon I can't see if I'm way, oh, yeah. you know, at the back and it's a crowded thing, and I'm like, this. She's six. Um, yeah. So I was like, I, you know, I don't know that you're going to see, but you'll, I think you'll still have a good time. You'll enjoy the, the vibe, but just be aware you might not be able to, to see what's happening up there. Yeah. And they put us up in the box and we, yeah. we were not well, within the general population down there, which was great. <laughs> during, the fa- during the Faith No More chair stuff, I was in the box. I just w- witnessed it from up there. 
And anytime I've gone to the Aragon, with the exception of a few times, I'm always upstairs. I can't. Uh, I was on the floor for Slayer. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) My favorite, I'll never forget this, because we're, we're we're on the floor, like midway back. And the mosh pit is right in front of us, and I'm not going near that thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, yeah. by virtue of the fact that the mosh pit was there, we had a little bit of room. It wasn't completely packed, right? So my friend, my friend Chris keeps looking at me, and he keeps going, "I think I'm going to go in there. I think oh, I'm going to go in there." I'm like, "Yeah, oh. go knock yourself out, man." And he finally, like three quarters of the way through, he's like, "I got to go in there." And I swear <laughs> to you, Nick, he takes his first step in there. Yeah. He's looking straight ahead of him as he goes to run in. Does not see the guy coming directly at him from his right. Chris just gets launched. This guy hits him. He goes, he's not prepared for it. He goes flying like, like he's airborne. Okay. Hits the ground. And I see him laying there writhing in pain, holding his knee. And I'm like, to the point where they actually had to stop the pit because this guy couldn't get up. He had blown out his knee. Oh God. On the first step into the Slayer mosh pit at Aragon, two people help him back, and we were standing. You know where those those pole, those big like large yeah. poles are on the I, right side by the I bars. I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He had to lean against that and watch the show for <laughs> now, the rest of the thing, and then how, get his knee. How, how old replaced. of a gentleman? How old of a gentleman is he? This. Oh my god! And this is probably like ten years ago. We were probably in our thirties. <laughs> we were. I would. I would guess we were under thirty-five. Yeah, but over thirty. <laughs> You're in your thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's there you go. That says it all, man. That says it all. Um, I I've had my experiences with mosh pits. That, that my most memorable one was at Soundgarden when um, I, I'm not making this up. I've, I've told this story before. Uh, I knocked uh, Sebastian Bach on his ass <laughs> in a in a mosh oh, pit man. at a Soundgarden show. I guess Skid Row was playing. It, they were in town. And he okay. showed up and, you know, he's like nine feet tall, Sebastian right. Bach. And he was jumping around like an asshole and he was knocking <laughs> people over. So I jumped up and I did like a, like a, you know what I did? Speaking of wrestling, I did like a Roman Reigns Superman punch on the motherfucker. I jumped up <laughs> and I forearmed the back of his head and knocked him on his ass. I knocked him on his ass and he got up and like kind of walked away. And people cheered. People cheered because he was being a dick. Like he came into the mosh pit and started throwing people around. And I was like, I think that's Sebastian Bach. And there was no, you you know, if you're Sebastian Bach, you know, people know it. You know what I mean? The guy, right, like I said, right. he's like six, nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this was, hair, ni- yeah. this was in the 90s. This was in the 90s when the Skid Row was popular. And for some reason, you know, like he's at a Soundgarden concert filled with people who hate Skid Row. Like people... People in like 1993 don't want to listen to Skid. We're, no, they we're, don't. We're no. at Soundgarden because we hate Skid Row. That's why we're at Soundgarden. <laughs> the changing of the guard had commenced. A- yes. Absolutely, and he was not welcome. And I knocked him on his ass. I'm not making that up. I knocked. I knocked Sebastian Bach on his ass. I love what I love about Sebastian Bach is that he's apparently such an asshole that all of his bandmates, because Skid Row is still. The original lineup, with the exception of Sebastian yeah. Bach, it's Rachel yeah. Bolin and it's Snake Sabo, and they all talk about frequently how they would rather they made their money, they would rather play tiny divey places than reunite with that guy, yeah. and play bigger places. Like it's just not worth it. The only thing I <laughs> the only thing I like about Sebastian Bach is that he is he became a regular on Gilmore Girls. That's the only yes. thing I like about him is like the and work he. Work, and he's great he's on Gilmore. Extraordin- he's extraordinarily woke on Twitter. Have you seen some of his his tweets that have gone viral? No, I haven't. I he's don't. Very, very liberal. Was going after Trump. Was going after. Okay, Nugent. well, 
Okay, cool. Good for him. I like He's that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. I forearmed his ass to the ground <laughs> at the Riviera 30 years ago. I apologize for that, but I did. So I love um, that. Really quickly, only a couple of minutes yeah. left. You interviewed Wolfgang Van, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. What was that like? I mean, so I love him and I'm fascinated by him. You know, I think he got he got so much shit from Van Halen fans when he joined Van Halen because he wasn't Michael Anthony, which I understand being annoyed that Michael Anthony's not there, but to take it out on Wolfgang, I think was was a little ridiculous. Completely. The guy is extraordinary, extraordinarily talented. Yep. Uh, I saw that tour a couple times with him, and him and Eddie doing the backing vocals was great. Him on bass was great. So seeing him live at House of Blues last month, the guy can shred. He's awesome. Yeah. And he's, he's really and, good, but and, and and he's you know he, the part of the he's part of an incredible lineage. I mean, for Christ's sake. I mean, that was that was my really Forbesy question to him. I said, you know, you've it was basically how do you keep an eye on on the business end of this stuff as a younger artist in an era where you don't really have a label that does this stuff for you anymore. And and what we got into is how just by virtue of his last name, he's been exposed to the idea of branding from you know practically you know when he, he could when he could walk. Yeah. You know what's a, what's interesting about because I I you know I love the guy I love him and you know, obviously his dad you know please a legend obviously yeah but uh, I really think that he showed what a classy dude he was after everybody jumped on the Grammys uh, in memoriam for oh, yeah. like for like giving thirty seconds maybe to Eddie Van Halen and like he was in the background there was an image of him in the background and they showed his guitar and that was pretty much it. And then everybody went to social media and went nuts. And I think justifiably so, because that's really not appropriate. Eddie Van Halen, you know, deserved an hour if you're you know, right. in memoriam. Right. But but Wolfgang came out and he did something really classy, right? I mean, he came out and what said, did I, no. He did. What did he, he, he was like, look, I, look, I'm as disappointed as everybody that my dad deserved more, you know, um, you know, but so so but he's like, but that's the way the Grammys handled it. Everybody should calm down a little bit and he did this thing where it was like look i know basically we know how great my dad was and don't don't fill up the internet with this kind of hate just because the grammys kind of screwed up you know what i mean like he was like look we all know how great my dad was we all know how special and singular my father was let's just remember that and then he posted like a whole bunch of stuff uh on the internet you know like like uh behind the scenes stuff and different performances a lot of people haven't seen of eddie uh, in response to that. And I thought that was pretty cool. Well, he's going to be fascinating to watch. I mean, the album by his band, Mammoth WVH, sounds like a 90s alternative rock album. Uh, he can play so many different things and so many different styles. It's going to be fascinating to kind of watch him develop as an artist. Yeah. Into his own. So it was cool to talk to him. Nice guy. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. And you talked to Bill Murray. What was that like? You did it oh over, my God. over Skype or something? Or, or? It was over Zoom. Yeah. Zoom, we, yeah. We were, I was able to get a Zoom selfie with Bill Murray, which is incredible. But yeah. he, are, are you familiar with that documentary he put out, New Worlds? Uh, for people who aren't, what, 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 tell everybody really quickly what it was. It was a, he toured in 2018 with a cellist with like a, basically like a classical quartet and played smaller venues and he would do spoken word that paid tribute to the American literary tradition. So he would read Mark Twain. He would, he would do all these, you know, readings. And then he would do almost as if, as if it was in his guise as Nick, the lounge singer from SNL, he would sing songs ranging anywhere from uh, West side story to the way it is by Bruce Hornsby. And and they would do these insane venues. Like, so in Greece, they played the Acropolis in this documentary, new worlds kind of captures that performance. So that's what we talked about. And it was insane. 
And uh, but so he talked specifically about that. You weren't able to like uh, talk about SNL or Caddyshack or anything like that. Oh, we got into uh, the French. The French Dispatch had just come out, so we we got into uh. that very briefly. But it was him. It was the cellist he was performing with, and the director of that documentary. So we kind of we kept sure pretty close to that. Must that have been cool though. I've I've had the pleasure of. Uh, inter- uh, talking with Bill Murray and meeting him a few times. Uh, and y- you never know what Bill Murray you're going to get, though. <laughs> we talked about the White Sox. That was my, oh. for me, I'm like, oh, my God, we got to have a yeah, conversation. Yeah, because you're a Sox fan. White That's Sox. right. You're, you're a Sox me? fan. Oh, Jesus. Oh, he, boy. Uh, it was the first thing I said to him. I said, you know, yeah, I'm in Chicago. And, and so, of course, you tell him that, right? And then there was that one point I said to him, you, you know, growing up, growing up in the Chicagoland areas you did, you know, for me personally, growing up on the south side of Chicago, I wasn't getting exposed to something like Walt Whitman, which which he does a reading of in this performance. Yeah. Said, "How is this stuff popping up on your radar?" He's like, "Oh, a South Sider." Because I was <laughs> expecting a lot more out of your White Sox last <laughs> season. So we just, I'm like, "Well, they need a pitcher, man." <laughs> <laughs> That's and we cool. went back and forth on that for a That's while in the fun. middle. He's just such That's a normal fun. guy, which I know everyone says, but boy, it's yeah. really true. No, he's 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 great. But there was a period of time when when he was a little grumpy. And uh, you didn't know which Bill Murray you were going to get. There was. Uh, okay. And I, I, Cir- I, circa the divorce. I met him. I met him a few times. And uh, okay. uh, I, I th- three times I met him, talked to him three times. Uh, two out of the three times he was nice. The one time he was an unsuffer. He was an insufferable asshole. <laughs> um, so, but I love Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. I do too. You know, obviously he's a gift from the Lord. So. Well, listen, Jim, uh, God, it was so great to talk to you, man. Um, this was, I, I love this. Thank you for having and me. And you got the damn theme song, so you're going to come back. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you really quickly, what are you seeing soon? What are you writing about soon? People can see you at Forbes.com, Daily Herald, Chicago Now, and what's coming up? I uh, have Lindsay coming up, uh, and then this, uh, this weekend, uh, a couple of shows, uh, and I've got pieces coming up. I uh, did an interview with Graham Nash. We did an interview uh, at the Vic Theater in Chicago with Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains, one of my favorites. That was yeah. fascinating. So, uh, so yeah, those those are some All of right. the things I've got in the pipeline. Well, the next time you're on, I will have seen Suzanne Vega twice here in Chicago. Oh, my God. I may go to that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I think too. I may try to cover that. Yeah. May 1st at Old Town and uh, May 2nd at Space in Evanston. I've never uh, seen her. I've seen her. I've gone to New York, traveled to New York. I've stalked her. I love her. Um <laughs> trying to get her on the podcast and I think it's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. And nice. I've seen her, I've seen her in the, I'm not kidding. Three triple digits. I've seen her. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, all right, Jim, always a pleasure. Check out Forbes.com. Uh, it was great to catch up with you, Jim. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right, buddy. Take care. You too. Okay. All right. Jim Ryan, uh, who is fantastic. You know who else is fantastic? Esmeralda Leon, but you know that already. So I'll just shut up and play this. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda Leon is here. Uh, the great Jason Skaggs doing that wonderful uh, theme. Hi, Esma. How are you? Hello. I'm doing good. 
Good, good, good. Um, you know, uh, we just had the Easter weekend. Did you get your fill of candy? Mm-hmm. It is Monday. Did uh, you know? Did you bust oh, down? Oh, the... I didn't go. You didn't. I didn't see you this morning. I thought I expected you at around I six know. six fifty a.m. knocking on I my kind door. Of forgot about it. <laughs> uh, so that we could bust bust open the the Walgreens, get the half price hugs, <sighs> get those half price Did hugs. You... I know. No, I didn't go. I didn't want to go without you. No, I didn't want to buy some all solidarity right there. <laughs> I didn't want to buy all the hugs without you. So, oh, uh, anyway, uh, fun Easter. Good Easter. Um, yeah, didn't do yeah. anything. No, didn't. Okay. Uh, no, my family's in Joliet and I it's since I don't have a car, it's too much of a hassle to get down there if I don't go the whole weekend. And I didn't. So, yeah. So, yeah. OK. All right. Well, um, uh, made a ham over at my uh, at my parents. Yeah. House how was that? Good turned out good. Um, nice. you know, uh, uh, helped help the mom out. Um, you know, and uh, we threw the ham in the just threw it in the oven, cooked it, and ate that's it. it. And it and that's it. <laughs> you just it. threw it the was, ham in, just threw the ham in, whipped it, whipped it across the room, threw it in the oven, cooked that's it. That's you ate helping. It. That was me helping. <laughs> I'll just throw it in the oven. Yeah, no, my mom and I made the ham, and it was great. Turned out good. Nice. So, uh, anyway, all right. Uh, well, uh, welcome back. Uh, you know, uh, speaking you. of the Easter, the last time that we spoke before the Easter weekend, we were talking about candy, Easter candy, and some of the worst candy mm-hmm. of all time, as we were just talking. And that conversation kicked off as it normally would if you're talking about Easter candy. With oh, by the way, you know, you know who hasn't made a visit the whole show yet? Who? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I believe this is the first time <laughs> wow. in 27 episodes. Where it took this long for my girlfriend to show up. Really? Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do. And now she won't leave. She won't. (laughs) She just won't leave. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Listen, you need to just calm down. I'm I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I'm trying to talk to Esmeralda. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Listen, I think you need to step outside. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Uh, Will you stop? Okay. I Did you fix her. that creaky door? She could uh, leave. <laughs> damn it. I need to load that every time. You know what? Hold on a second. Oh, boy. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Okay, now there we go. All right. So anyway, uh, wait, hold on. Wait a second. Here. Okay. Get out. Get. There you she go. won't leave. Okay, I'm Carrie Russell, oh. and I love Nick's show. No, you, Yours you have open, to Carrie. To, all right, get out. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you, uh, you uh, later. Okay. <laughs> anyway, wow. I, you know what? I just realized I can load up sound effects while we're t- while we're on the air while we're recording. Yeah. That, wow. Uh, okay. Well, it's the, it's the, it's the 2020 as you would think so. So any well, anyway. Know, yeah, you would think. Simple. Anyway, uh, a simple thing. I mean, I'm we're we're talking about technology here for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about uh, candy, which of course you can't talk about Easter candy without talking about peeps. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we both are of the opinion that peeps suck. Yes. Well, terrible. Uh, terrible. I agree with you. And no matter what the flavor, did you see that somebody was you, uh, did? Uh, you know, sometimes they make up these joke images for the intranets. Mm-hmm. Did you know that sometimes things on the internet aren't real? I don't know if you know that or not. Since when? <laughs> I know it's hard <laughs> to believe. Oh. Um, but uh, but anyway, they, they someone made up like a and and they make the stuff look real, you know. They make the packaging mm-hmm. look real. But someone made up a liver and onions flavored package for peeps. <laughs> You'd be into oh, it. Was that a wait? Was that that was a you were choking back a little vomitosis there, weren't you? <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh, in a peep? No, thank you. Yeah, Don't like I love peeps liver. already. Yeah, or liver and onions. 
Well, they do have some funky flavors that are real. Liver and onions is not real. But Sarah, who is a, uh, a, a regular subscriber, and by the way, if you mm-hmm. want to subscribe, please do like, you know, subscribe, listen, uh, review, yeah. rate, review, all that shit. Yeah, because uh, in that way you, you just get a little like ding. Yeah, we get it's some in. dings. We like dings. Um, so rate and review us on any platform. Check us out at RadioMisfits.com and uh, like and subscribe. Tell your mom and your sister-in-law and your brother and your asshole drunk uncle, all that stuff. Wow. Um, you can also leave voicemails, <laughs> 773-417-6948. And you can drop us an email at NickDPodcast at gmail.com. And uh, uh, Sarah did just that. And, and said, hey, listen, I was listening. To, she said I was listening to you guys talking about peeps and wanted to, to tell you about an old school website. And this is like old school because it literally looks like someone made it on AOL. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by like the early 2000 sort oh, of yes. looking website? You'll yeah. love it, Esmeralda. <laughs> You'll love it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, a whole, it's a series of articles and videos about uh, people experimenting with peeps. Oh, Like it's specifically about peeps. And it's hilarious. So you should check it out, Esmeralda, when you get a chance, or if you want to look it up. It's peepresearch.org. I don't know where they got the funding. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> is that where our money is going? I guess so. But it's, yeah, it's peepresearch.org. Uh, oh, yeah. This is, this is a GeoCities doesn't situation. It, it, that, wow. it, that's exactly what it looks like, doesn't it? I could have made this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could too, and I have I have a hard time with an abacus, and yet I could have uh, I could have made that. But anyway, it's it's got a whole bunch of articles and videos, and videos about people doing weird things with peeps. So mm. if you were if you were intrigued by our conversation about the disgusting Easter candy peeps, make sure uh, Sarah, thank you, Sarah, our uh, our listener, our subscriber, to check us to check out peepresearch.org. Yeah, I like that there's science in here. <laughs> Like they have studies. Well, I'm, I'm, assu- I'm assuming that, that are peeps- science related. Well, I'm assuming that peeps were created in a lab. I mean, I that would be my True. guess. <laughs> but you know, these are things like you could do with your children. Uh-huh. <laughs> like? Uh huh. Like, there's one about um, sudden force. So they started with a a room temperature peep, and then they got another one cold. They placed it in the fridge. Uh-huh. Then they, fl- I know you can't really get liquid nitrogen, or maybe you can. Uh, they put one in a liquid nitrogen bucket, uh, and then they pulled it out and they uh, applied pressure, and there you go. It, wow! It cracked. Sudden so, force. So it, sudden <laughs> force. So you've got the force. What happens when you force a regular peep? When you yeah. force a cold peep and a frozen peep? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. amazing. All right. Well, there Science. you go. So, it's research. It's peep research, everyone. Peepresearch.org. All right. Uh, so anyway, that, thank you to Sarah for, uh, for first of all, for, for listening. Yeah. Um, thank you, and, Sarah. Uh, and, uh, and for, uh, for sending us that uh, lovely uh, link. So uh, to, a, to, a, to, a, uh, to a, a, a website that looks seriously, it looks like you, 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 you said. What <laughs> no, you yeah. This is that's some early 90s yeah. going on there. I think it is. It said something about like 1998. We were on CNN. So, yeah, I think it's <laughs> someone didn't find it and right. erase it. It's still I don't know what, uh, living Sarah, on the Internet. Maybe Sarah has it like bookmarked. I don't know. Uh, I, I just want to thank you, Sarah, for that lovely <laughs> trip back in time on the Internet. OK, um, I was looking around and I saw some really, uh, cr- you know, 
as we've talked about before, Esmeralda, we were talking about like uh, conspiracy theories. We like to talk about crazy stuff that's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet in this day and age, nothing's really hard to believe anymore. You know, when, when, when right. we've talked about this in the past, <laughs> sometimes you'll listen to or you watch the news, you'll go, man, where are we? What is what exactly mm-hmm. is happening? This is the darkest um, timeline. <laughs> it, it is. Ju- it is. There's nothing you can do about it. Michelle Yeoh can't help us. You know what I mean? It, it's a, right. it's a, not even Doctor Strange. He's got a multiverse movie coming out, too. Everybody's got multiverses. Uh, yeah, well, because the one we're in is... <laughs> it's not a great one. We want a different one, please. We want a different one. Well, so I like to look at crazy news stories and headlines, and we got a bunch of them. But then you found this story specifically because you love to find these kind of stories. Asbella, kick us off with uh, crazy news stories slash headlines with this one. So there was, uh, this is in New Jersey. So that's crazy. shocking. I'm actually yeah, surprised. Right? It, I'm surprised it didn't happen in Florida. America's wang. I'm surprised. It didn't I feel happen like there. it would have been way worse. It, uh, yeah. It everything. Florida. Because everything is way worse in Florida. Exactly. So no, this offen- is a, no, uh, no offense to the people who live in Florida, but your state well. sucks. <laughs> and it's America's wang. I hope you know that. Okay. So this it, is in uh, Jersey, Jersey. So yes, this is in New Jersey. Uh, specifically in Clifton, New Jersey, a 60 year old man was rescued from a dumpster uh, on this past Saturday. He claimed to have been in the dumpster for three days. Uh, He said that he saw a chair he wanted in the dumpster and he fell in and could not get out. And uh, he was rescued after screams for help were heard by a resident in the apartment complex where he where the dumpster was. But I'm just like three days Maybe, I How almost do you, don't I don't know if I can believe him. All right. Now, this was not what it was not they have not gone into whether the guy was loaded because if you were drunk and fell into a dumpster, I don't know. I've been drunk a few times, Esmeralda. I don't know if you know that or not, but I've had experience. Have you, have you fallen into dumpsters? Uh no, I've fallen other places, but never into dumpsters. Mm. Um and I'll tell you what, if I was loaded or shit-faced, it doesn't take me 3 days to recover. Like you're not loaded right. for three days. Lick, uh, when you're drunk, it does not last for three days. And I've trust me, I've had a lot of experience with a lot of alcohol, Esmeralda, as you know. <laughs> and I've never, you know, I've never gotten so shit faced that I've been drunk for three days. Never. Um, so I don't I don't know. This guy was in the dumpster for three days. We we assume he was sober. He was not like unencumbered. He you know, he had all his limbs and everything. Yeah, like nothing happened to him in there. He did have minor, minor uh, injuries. He was okay. treated at the scene with minor injuries. Uh, but he was he had to get pulled out by firefighters and police. But I'm just like, what kind days? of dumpster was he in? Was he in like a... Right? Did it I've have an automatic seen... padlock no, well, or something? May, mm, I think he just couldn't get out. Like he just could not crawl. He couldn't pull himself out. But... I'm just like, how tall is that dumpster? Yeah, that's interesting. Are you doing laundry? Uh, no, it's my upstairs neighbor. Showering. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's your upstairs neighbor shower. Okay. <laughs> they they've turned on the 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 bottom half. What's it called? The tub. Half. The tub. They're filling up the tub. Yes. Yeah. They're okay. or they they just turned it on. So yeah, okay. it's very loud. Yeah, I have the same thing happens. The same now. You're yeah. for people who don't know Esmeralda. You are. It's such a glamorous job working with me that uh, you're doing it from a closet. Yeah, well, this is a, my studio. Your studio, <laughs> and but my studio, one of my studio walls is where all the water, like all the yeah. pipes, I think, yeah. are. Yeah, <laughs> because I can hear everybody's at least who's above me 
apartment their living. Apartment mm-hmm. living as well. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. I, the I've showers got, and their washing machines. <laughs> I've currently got lunatics living um, to the left of my unit upstairs on the third floor who mm. do not stop partying until about three or four in the morning. I'm not kidding. Oof. Like out, outside three and four in the morning. Now, maybe they've been there for a very long time and I just didn't realize it because I used to work overnight. I was never here at that time. Oh, right. Uh, so I don't know, but they are nuts. But anyway, apartment living, you got to love it. So, so yeah. anyway, so he was, and he's in the dumpster, had to be rescued. Who called was, did he have his phone? Is that how he called? No. Them? So someone found, someone oh, he heard was screaming. Him. Yeah. He was screaming and eventually someone heard him. I'm just like, does no one take out their garbage? True. I, I they yeah. say, they say that it is a sprawling he was heard uh, by a resident in the sprawling Richfield Village apartment complex. So I think it's a very big one where people don't throw out their garbage regularly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no I live in, found the man. That makes three it, it, days. That, that's in. ridiculous. I live in I live in a in a pretty big apartment building right on the corner here, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of units in this building, a lot. And those dumpsters, when they empty those dumpsters, there there are. I'm not kidding. Within a half an hour or an hour, at least one of them's full again because yeah. there are so many people like I don't understand how people didn't hear this guy. Or maybe they didn't like him. He was a shitty neighbor. They were like, screw him. Leave him in there. <laughs> They're like, I think it's old man, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Old man, asshole who lives on the second floor. And I'm also so, curious. Did he get the chair, too? That was exactly my next question. <laughs> did, did he get the, the guy chair he wanted? Did, did he at least get the chair? The guy spent three days in a dumpster and had to be fixed up and, you know, by fire departments. At least, I hope he got. I'm, I hope he got the chair. And now I didn't. I just thought of this. Yeah. Couldn't he have just stood on the chair? <laughs> I mean, maybe you know what? He is sixty. He might not be as agile as we're thinking. Hey, listen, I'm three years away from that age, about. So I would hope I'll be able to stand on a chair in three years. I really do. I mean, the fact that he thought he could get the chair out of the dumpster makes me think. Oh. That he's a little more agile than you would think. If the guy goes, "Oh, look at that chair! I'm going to climb in this dumpster to get a chair." Would also, you ever climb? Maybe would when you he ever fell climb, in, would you no. ever climb into a dumpster for anything? It'd have to be a really good something. Edward, Nor- here, Edward, Edward Norton laying in the bottom of a dumpster. He's in there like, "Hey, hi, Esmeralda." I Come guess so, but I'd be like, "Why would I have to go in there?" <laughs> you can't. Um, you cannot. You the only way to. To meet Edward Her- or Edward Herman, oh, the late great <laughs> Edward Herman, Edward Norton, is to climb to into go the into depth, a dumpster. To climb into a dumpster, would you do it? Mm. How uh, much garbage is in said dumpster? Uh, I don't know. Some banana peels. And like, shit. is there garbage in it, or is it an empty dumpster? I, well, well, was this guy's dumpster empty? Do we know the? Do we know? Well, the- I don't. I think it was empty because again. If it had some kind of, if it had enough stuff in it, he wouldn't have not been able to get out. Mm. So it makes me think it was an empty dumpster and he's maybe a very short man. Yeah, that might be the problem. (laughs) Might be the problem. So, okay, empty dumpster, Edward Norton at the bottom of it. Mm, Yes. Okay, me too. Oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and yeah, I, I love Nick's show. See, oddly, that's how I met her. She's got no- nothing else to say either. I'm, I met her in a du- <laughs> I met her in a dumpster. That's how I had to go. Oh, wow! In. They said, "Hey, you want to meet Carrie Russell? She's in a dumpster outside." Oh, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and yeah. I love Nick's show. 
Does anyway. she just keep sticking her head out? She does, and then I have to close like, the door. Like, she opens the door, closes it. I just closed the door. She's outside. She loves me very much. She'll be waiting okay. outside on the porch. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm actually doing a bit where I'm leaving Carrie Russell on my back porch. I yeah. can't. I can't. I, <laughs> when I she's adore, so enamored with you. All I, that she can say is that just, she loves your radio show. It's just so ridiculous. Or she just it's loves so, your show. There's Yeah, like there's a... Like there's a snowball's chance in hell she'd ever be on my podcast now. I've got her waiting outside my back door because I'm pushing Carrie oh Russell away. God. That's the oh ego that I have on my stupid ass is that the Whoa. Carrie Russell is waiting outside. <laughs> God. Right. Um, but yes. Well, okay. So here's the issue with the, the garbage cans yeah. around here, the dumpsters. Yeah. Um, there's always going to be either some big old rats Yes, or yes, squirrels yes. in that dumpster. Yes, and I've seen it where they've made holes yep. at the in the top lid, so they have a little entry and exit way. Yep, yep. Um, and yeah, recently I threw something away in a dumpster, and I didn't realize until I saw it scurry away a giant rat. I sometimes, so no, thank you. Esmeralda, when I, you know, you know, this is not an issue with, uh, you know, my landlord or the or the place I live. This is an issue mm-hmm. with, you know, the Chicago, the city of Chicago. Yeah, we just got rats. We have rats. And when I throw yeah. my garbage out of the dumpster, it's not one or two. I see a lot. Every once in a while, I will see them scurrying about. Yeah. Um, you got to get yourself so, some cats. That's what I need. We need, yeah, we need feral cats out in the, in the yeah, alley. Yeah, the building the needs yeah. to, needs to employ some feral cats. Yeah. They don't cost much, you know. Yeah, they eat rats. They eat rats, and <laughs> I mean, and you gotta oddly, get them like cat food and stuff. But and oddly, peeps they eat peeps. They I don't know peeps. if you knew that. Or... <laughs> you ever so tried to... the rats? You ever try exactly? <laughs> Those are the only the only things that like peeps are rats. Uh, you ever try to feed Jake peeps your cat? Mm-mm-mm. He doesn't eat people food. He like, doesn't. He, like doesn't people food? he will not eat it. Yeah, no. He only likes his. Little what kibble feed- nuggets. What, what are what? Do you have a brand that you feed? Uh, uh Purina, just a pu- Purina Naturals. Purina Natural <laughs> kibbles, and and is that? Have you ever tried to switch up his food? And he went, no. Nope. I have, and he vomited everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> some people are yeah. not very finicky cats. Some people. Yeah, he's got a sensitive stomach. Oh, poor little Jake. Yeah, we just found this out recently. He started vomiting. Like a bunch. When you switched and, food on him? Yeah, we switched the food. But he had eaten that food before. Mm-hmm. But I had I shoved it somewhere where I didn't see it. And then um, I had got him some new food. But it was the same brand, just a different yeah. like, version. And that was and it. And then he, he st- I started feeding him the other from the smaller bag left over. And he started puking. And it was like really bad. Like he started like blood was in his puke Ooh. too. Ooh. Yeah, so we took him to the vet. And they're just like, he seems fine. Cats <laughs> are so weird. Yeah, and then yeah, it was, and I was like, I think it's just the food. Yeah. All right. And well, yeah, but he won't eat wet food. He hate, he does not like wet food. He doesn't like wow. people food. Not even like chicken or really. You know, cats like he no. Nope. He will yeah. smell it and just be like Meh, and walk away. Well, that's good though. I mean, that's you know, I think that kind in some of, ways, but I want to feed him things. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess that's good for the cat. I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I he don't. just likes his little kibble. All right. That's well, fine. good. They're very, yeah, very cool. All right. Well, so the, so uh, he got out. The guy got out. We don't know whether he, he got did. The, he got, he got out. The, we don't know whether he got the chair though. Yeah. Uh, apparently, um, 
They could not verify officially how long he had been in there, but he said three days. So yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll trust him. All right, three days in a dumpster. Well, at least he had a chair to sit on while he was in the <laughs> while he was right. in the dumpster. <laughs> All right. Weird headlines. I have one from this article here. A Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. woman tried to eliminate her daughter's cheerleading virals with deep fakes. Um, She made fake photos of videos of the girls drinking, smoking, and being naked and sent them to her daughter's cheerleading coaches. And they tried to get the girls off the team and she was charged with two misdemeanors. That's that's some low. At least she didn't kill them. Well, that's what happened. Like you know, that story, one lady. The Texas cheerleader story. Uh, yeah. The Texas cheerleader mom, which they made a movie out of. Did you know that they mm-hmm. made a movie out of it? Mm-hmm. The The wonderful Holly Hunter played the role, and she was fucking great in it, Holly Hunter. Um, and I was actually in a play based on that. Did you know that? Oh. I, I was in a play not. years, 30 years ago, almost 1993-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a play called Bitches, mm. um, and it was written... Uh, and directed by a gentleman named Sean Abley, a uh, wonderful playwright and a fantastic director, uh, worked with us for many years. He and she, Amy, Amy Seeley also uh, co-wrote it with him. Uh, and the, the the gimmick was that it was based on the Texas cheerleaders, you know, murder thing where the Mm-mm. mom of the Texas cheerleader, you know, had, you know, had one of the cheerleaders or whatever family killed, you know, so that she, her daughter would be become a cheerleader and win. Right. Well, he did this. Oh, Sean wrote this story, this this play called Bitches, and it was thirteen guys all in drag. Nice. <laughs> and so I was in drag in and uh, uh in the show. I played. I, I didn't have a huge. I didn't have like a, a a huge role. I had like three small mm-hmm. roles, three small roles. So I played multiple women in it. Well, that's fun. It was fun, and I was the only one because at the time I had hair down to my ass, not my ass, but I had very long hair. Yeah, and every everybody was very jealous because I was the only guy in the in the play that didn't have to wear a wig. <laughs> Did they curl it and stuff? Or yes, like put it in ponytails. Uh, well, it got and... to the point where it got to the point because I played different roles. I didn't want to like they didn't want me to do specific. I had to be different people, so yeah. they didn't want I didn't want they didn't want my hair to be the same. But it got to the point the show ran so long. Because uh, I didn't join right, I wasn't in there when it opened. I, I joined mm-hmm. in about six months after it started, and so um, I ended up playing three separate roles. And um, it got to the point where, like, they were like, "Just put, just pull." Sean was like, "Just pull your hair back, put a pony tie in, and shut up." And you know, and, and yeah, and I was fine with it. But what was really funny, Osvaldo, was doing that show. We were there were tw- there were thirteen of us in the show. Okay, mm-hmm. thirteen actors, and we were all in drag. Um, and, um, the, the, the sexuality of the, of the, uh, of the actors was split thusly. Okay. Six of us were straight. Six were gay. One was so far in the closet. He was in Narnia. So that's <laughs> so, all right. So that's, that's the deal. And it was so funny to watch. Like, so it, 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 so in between, you know, like before the show and in between acts, we would play these massive games of Uno. Mm-hmm. Where we would oh, we, wow. we we would take like decks of Uno cards and put them all together so that we would play with like everybody. We would change cards. We would take a marker and change cards to you know uh, pick fifty instead of four. You draw four, so we 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 like draw fifty. And I wow. am rubber, you are glue. So if someone threw down that, you can throw. So we would play these epic battles of Uno, and that's all it became about. So it was really funny because like the six straight guys, we, we would get to the theater. And the six straight guys would be ready in two seconds. Like we'd slap on makeup, put on a dress and sit down. <laughs> and the gay guys would always primp and get ready. They like they cared about what they looked like. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the gay guys would take like 45 minutes to get ready. We'd take five. 
like the straight guys would be sitting <laughs> in the chair. But anyway, but yeah, so now I was in a, I was in that uh, in, a, in a show that was based on that. But this is still happening all the way down now. Deep fakes. Yeah, people. I'm amazed. I wonder if she paid somebody or if she tried to do them. God, I hope they were really bad and she tried to do them and they were just so obviously bad. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming because where do you find? I mean, I don't think she knows where to find people who do deep fakes. <laughs> yeah. God, some of those are scary, aren't they, Esmeralda? Yeah, I actually just saw one of it. Look, it was like video of, quote, Tom Cruise. Uh, and it was at an award show. And it's some guy who does deep fakes. So he did a deep fake and he was saying hi to um, uh, uh, Michael Key from Key and Peele. Oh, Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael yes. Key. Yeah. King Michael Key. Yeah. And he's like, he jumped over King Michael Key and like, he's like, hey, and he was like, it was Tom Cruise. It's. Uh, and you it know, looked it, spot on. Actually, oh, someone had shared it and they're like, oh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> and yeah, I'm no, looking at it. I'm like, something is off. Yeah. No, something but some feels of those, weird. <laughs> seriously, some of them, like if you don't look really closely and analyze, you could be fooled. Absolutely fooled. But I mean. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's it's scary. It's scary, scary thing about those. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, some woman, she got busted. She got some misdemeanors for trying to make sure that her daughter won. Um, so she Which deep Which is faked. so ridiculous. But hey, yeah. you love your children. <laughs> you got to love your children, man. Do you anything gotta, for them. Do, do anything for your kids. Including, well, in the case of the Texas woman, kill somebody. Uh, right. <laughs> so, And if, for, for people who have not seen it, I can't remember. I think it's called The Case of the Texas. It's got, I think the, the movie with Holly Hunter has a really, the, it was like a made-for-cable movie. I think it was HBO. Yeah. And it's got um, the really long title. I think the, the title is something like The Case of the Texas Cheerleader Killing Mom or something like that. Oh, it is I, the, the Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom. There you go. I knew it was like, <laughs> it was purposely long. You know what I mean? And I can't remember. Are you looking at it? Does it show the credits? Does it say who directed it? Because I think somebody pretty... It was Michael Ritchie. Michael Ritchie, yes. Michael Ritchie, who directed Fletch, the original Fletch. Oh. Um, uh, directed Semi-Tough, uh, directed A Lot Smile. Michael Ritchie mm-hmm. was a terrific director. Uh, he, was a, mm. he was a great satirical director, and he was the perfect guy for that. He was known for uh, doing really smart satire. Um, and, and so, yeah, so he, I knew it was somebody good who directed it. It's a good movie. And, and Holly Hunter, of course, magnificent in everything. So Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. How about this one? An Oklahoma basketball announcer blamed using the N word on a blood sugar spike. Oh, that's uh, good. Sure. Uh huh. Wow. You know, like at least one, come up with a better excuse. Like, I don't know. Uh, Mid, like your mouth, you had a stroke. Blood yeah. sugar spike, really? Okay. But here's what he said. And I'm not, this is I'm obviously, I'm not going to say the, uh, the worst word in the world. Right. But he said when he saw players kneeling before a basketball game, Mark Rowan was apparently unaware that his mic was on. And he said they're kneeling effing N words later in an apology. He said, <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm a type one diabetic and I do not believe that I would have made those horrible statements absent my sugar spiking. Oh my right. God. You know, my mom's diabetic. Sure. I've never heard her say that word ever. Right. <laughs> I think he's thinking that it's like Tourette's. It's like that's <laughs> that is not that, sir. But sure, <laughs> he thinks it's Tourette. I don't know. Diabe- diabetes, Tourette, same thing. Yeah, diabetes same and Tourette, thing, right? Same, same thing, right? 
Diabetics do that all the time. That's hilarious. I'm sorry. I got my medical condition screwed up. I thought I had Tourette's. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me while I go prick my finger for my Tourette's. I've got to go test my blood. Oh my God! All right, and, uh, any any of these uh, ridiculous things pop out for you, or any other ones that you that you want to mention here? Headline wise. Um, oh, I enjoyed the the lucha libre wrestlers oh, enforce uh, mask wearing in Mexico, which I <laughs> I am all for this. Me too. <laughs> so they went into uh, one of the like the uh, essentially like a farmers market. It's a big wholesale food market in uh, Mexico City. And the Lucha Libre wrestlers, now they don't take off their masks. That's kind of like their yep. thing. No, it's, um, it's not kind of Yeah, you'll like see some that have never taken yep. it off. You don't know who he is yep. at all because they've never, ever it in is, a million years. By the way, if you are an opponent to a Lucha Libre and you attempt to take their mask, they will fucking kill you. Um, it is, you cannot, it's sacred. It's sacred. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I know you know this about me, Esmeralda. I'm a huge pro wrestling fan. Um, yeah, yeah. And I love, love Lucha Libre wrestling. Love it. And I, the Me- Mexican wrestling and Japanese wrestling, uh, they take it, you know, it, it, in those worlds, they take it even more seriously than we do in America. Like it's, it's, for, it, it's like a, a sacred sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And Lucha Libres, man, do not fuck with their masks. Just don't. Don't do it. So they're but, the they were yeah. the perfect uh, people to be enforcing mask rules. <laughs> I love uh, this picture. The picture. Look at the picture. Yeah. So the picture is a <laughs> uh, pretty much a half naked Lucha. He's in his outfit, so he's not wearing a shirt. He's got a cape on. Yep. And he's got his like cuffs and like the whole uh, wrestling outfit, and he's yep. spraying someone who's not wearing a mask because they were essentially kind of. Um, like on the watch for people who were not wearing their masks and they would yell at them, put on a mask, be responsible. And the people who did not, or just didn't care or whatever, it would, they would, I don't know about this, but <laughs> they would spray them with disinfectant. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I love that story. I love it. Lucha Libre wrestlers, uh, spraying people with disinfectants at a, in a, uh, in a market to wear the masks. I mean, that's fantastic. And listen, and if you're in Mexico, you know, you know, you should know at least how important the mask is to Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. And if a Lucha Libre is telling you to put on a mask, you put on a mask. Right? That's it. There's a pandemic going on, too. <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> you if know. There was, if there was no pandemic and a Lucha Libre wrestler came up to me and said, put on a mask, I would immediately put on a mask. I would, no questions asked. You know? Pandemic or not? Yeah. Well, they would then because they would then grab you and then throw you to the ground. They would knock my ass. Some they, kind they, of, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? Um, Have you yeah. ever seen the um, the Peruvian women wrestlers? Yes, I have. Oh, those are great too because they were the whole like most of them were their um, essentially their their like out their traditional outfits like a long skirt and the little bowler hat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're out there wrestling. Love that stuff. I love it. I love it. You know, I have a wrestling uh, expert who comes on the podcast every once in a while, Keith Lipinski. And um, nice. uh, and I had him on. He was a regular on my show on GN, too. And we spent an entire mm-hmm. night just talking about um, the, the greatest Lucha Libres of all time. And there are so many. Um, I mean, the, the most famous one right now in America or worldwide, basically. But the guy that's currently mm-hmm. working, who's been in the business for well over 20 years, is uh, Rey Mysterio. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm. And, yeah. And his his son Dominic, who does not wear a mask, is now a wrestler, and they're a tag team. They were the first father son tag team in WWE history to win the belts. Nice. Um, but his son his son's not good though, Esmeralda. His son's not good. Oh. Um, he, he, well, Ray is man. Ray is amazing. Ray is first of all. Ray is like I'm not. I'm not making this. He's he's like five six. Ray, and um, has battled guys seven feet tall. You know what I mean? Like, and he's and, and he's yeah. amazing. The shit, the high flying stuff, the maneuvers off the top rope, uh, the incredible moonsaults, the things that this guy can do, and that's what Lucha Libres are known for. Not just their masks, but their style of wrestling is very flamboyant. Lots of flying. Yeah, there's. And flipping um... and- there's actually one I follow on Instagram named Cassandro. Cassandro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cassandro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Who is the he's gay wrestler who's in Lucha yep. Libre. Yep. But oh, the outfits are amazing. Un- amazing. No, the uh, everything about the Lucha Libre for the tradition. And they take it very seriously. It's not, I'm not making light of it at all. They, they take it very, oh, yeah. very seriously. Um, and I do too, as a as a wrestling fan. There's a lot of history there, man. You got to respect that. And so when Jagoffs think that they can, like, there have been times when people would, you know, first of all, it's a big mistake if you ever go to a wrestling show. It doesn't matter what, how how high level a wrestling show is. If you go to like a high school mm-hmm. gym and it's a and it's a, it's a small, you know, you know, federation or whatever doing it, don't get in the mm-hmm. ring because they'll kill you. Like if you try to jump into a ring, they will. That's that's like that's like okay, you're in our you're in our world now. Prepare pain. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And yeah, so, I was watching something. I think it was like an MTV. They might have done one of those real life, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was wanting to be a wrestler, and they went to like some very small, um, some small like federation thing. Someone's yep. backyard, yeah, like yeah, someone's yeah. backyard. But that's they a big thing. were Back, backyard wrestling. Like, by the no way, no one was. A, yeah, yeah, that's no a real one was thing. really there. But they were going full force. Yeah. It was yep. insane. People were bleeding. It yep. was, no, no, it no. A There's a, it's a whole faction. There's this thing. There's this documentary series that's on Vice, Esmeralda, that just started mm-hmm. a couple of years ago that I recommend, even if you're not a wrestling fan. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. And it's true mm-hmm. stories about wrestlers. Some are very popular. Some aren't. But this is a, an amazing documentary series about wrestling. And, and I happen to be a huge fan of pro wrestling. I know a lot of people poo-poo it, but I love it. Um, and there's a rich history to it, some fascinating stuff, whether it's good or bad. And one of the things is you do not take the, ma- the mask off of a Lucha Libre. You don't, man. You just don't. Yeah. So, uh, But I love that. Lucha Libre is spraying people with disinfectant in Mexico. <laughs> How about this? Glenn Close was nominated for an Oscar and a Razzie for the same role. Who? Mar- um, I mean, was- I did not see that movie. Well, you- you're- uh, yeah, I saw it. Uh, what, uh, what do you think? Oh, the Razzie Does is she more appropriate. Both or- the, oh, oh no, 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 the Razzie. Uh, uh, the role of Bonnie Mama Vance in Hillbilly Elegy was the first time in history that a, <laughs> a person was nominated for both the Razzie and the Oscar. Um, wow! Uh, it was directed by the minimally talented Ron Howard, who I'm maybe I'm in the minority on this, but I think Ron Howard is a really shitty filmmaker, uh, mm-hmm. and I've disliked I've disliked the majority of his movies, like a, a bunch of his movies that people love and think are great. I just don't. And he directed this thing. And I, the reason I think Glenn Close got nominated was, and this is my theory, Esmeralda. You ready? Mm-hmm. The film came out uh, in uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was part of all of the movies that kind of got, you know, when the movie industry died for a while and is still right. recovering. Um, and they needed Oscar nominations because a lot of movies didn't get released that year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they desperately needed Uh-oh. Oscar nominations. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, Glenn Close was in a movie. Give her a nomination. You know what I mean? Because she's always great, you yeah. know, and, and yeah, she's yeah. been nominated. You assume, a bunch. 
she's been nominated a bunch of times. And so they were like, yeah, you know what? Just nominate her. <laughs> we need we need, <laughs> we need, need people to go to the movies. We need people to watch movies. We need people to watch the Oscars. Give Glenn Close a nomination. And then when they see the movie and they realize how bad she is in it, then they can complain. <laughs> now, what year in that year, who won? Do you remember? Oh, God. Who won Best Actress that year? Uh... So this would have been 2020 Oscars? It would have been the 2021 when they uh, it would have been the ceremony of 2021. So if you're if you're looking it up, which I'm, I'm assuming you are, uh, mm-hmm. Osc- best actress Oscar 2021. Why can't I remember who? Oh, it uh, it was Carrie Mulligan, I think, for uh, promising young woman. Uh, or, uh, oh no, I, she was the one I was. Wait, what did for. she get? Best actress. Actress, I, best actress, uh, promising young woman would have been. I think Carrie Mulligan won. Well, no, for 2021, it was um, Best Actress was Frances McDormand. Oh, right, for Nomadland, because she, mm-hmm. she, she took a shit in a bucket, and they gave her an Oscar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, that's right. Okay. Well, anyway, that's who won. Glenn Close won. Yeah. Deservedly no, so. Frances McDormand won. Uh, Fra- sorry, Glenn Close did not win. <laughs> Frances McDormand's right. I keep forgetting. It was Frances McDormand who took a shit in a bucket. That's uh, that... <laughs> That's that's the only thing I took away from that movie was that Frances McDormand was in it and she took a shit in a bucket. That's the, that's the thing that I remember the most from that movie, which won Best Picture that year. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, so Glenn Close, uh, she was the winner. Uh, any other uh, headlines that you that you think are, are, are that are ridiculous here? Um, this the and we've I feel like she's from here. I thought she was from here, but. Um, Bay Area woman arrested for sneaking onto a flight for the twenty second time. I thought she was from here, um, Marilyn Hartman. I don't. Do you remember? Is she from you don't, I do. I do. Yes, yeah, she twenty seven. Oh, you know times? what it is? She kept. She kept doing it from O'Hare, or she kept oh, well, landing at O'Hare, well, sure. or they kept. It's so, the most, it's bu- busiest um, air, busiest airport in the world is O'Hare. I mean, it's the biggest hub in America. So that's why, it, I mean, almost every plane in the country goes through O'Hare at some point. <laughs> so. so she has, okay, so this is why this is why it was news here. Because one of the last times, essentially, uh, that she got caught, uh, that she was arrested here at O'Hare, ah, attempting okay. to sneak on a plane. But she has a huge history of it. But she's, I guess, originally from... Uh, San Francisco, from the Bay, from the from Bay, the Bay area. area. You know, I'm reading. But she's um, a huge history of of getting on planes easily, which I'm just like, what? Here's you want to you want. What's really funny is that I'm reading Molly Shannon's book right now, uh, which is mm-hmm. oh, Esmeralda, it's so good. Um, it's called Hello Molly. It's her memoir, and I'm still mm-hmm. pretty early into it right now. I'm in her high school years right now, because um, it kind of you know it goes in order. Obviously, uh, it's her memoir, yeah. um, and she tells this story about how she and her best friend were dared by her father to try and uh, sneak on a plane. I mean, what and year is this? 70s. Okay. So well, the- she, 70s <laughs> Anyone early. just getting on planes. No, that's the thing. But but again, she but they were like, at this time, they were maybe nine or ten. Nine mm-hmm. or ten years old. Oh, yeah, okay? that's easy because you go, my mommy's so, over there. <laughs> well, that's what they did. And so they were they decided for some reason in, in Molly Shannon's young mind, dressing up as a ballerina would be the best way to sneak on a plane. Sure. Because it's Molly Shannon and she's nuts. <laughs> and she was even nuts when she was a kid. So she and her best friend, Anne, they dressed up. They had little buns. They had they had paper bags with little candies in it and stuff. And they 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 took they took they took the 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 train, like you know, here in Chicago, 
mm-hmm. the uh the you know she was from uh, uh Shaker Heights in Ohio um so they took the uh they took their their version of the L uh to the airport in Ohio um and uh they walked up to the person at the counter they went to I can't remember what I think it was Delta and they said oh we wanted to say goodbye to our friend who's on the plane and the person there the stewardess who was standing by the gate was like oh yeah go ahead and they left on the plane. <laughs> just, they said, we just want to say goodbye to our friend who's on the plane. So again, this is the late, late 70s. Yeah, and yeah so you these just two- roll around in the plane until they were like, oh, you have to, <laughs> yeah. you're leaving now. And usually people would be like, okay, well, let's go. <laughs> so they let her, they let these two kids on the plane, Molly Shannon and friends, and they're freaking out. She tells the story about, not now we're on the plane. Like her dad dared her to do it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, sure, go yeah. ahead. And so they're like, all right. So they go to the, they go to the airport, they get on the plane and they're like, hee hee. And they're all excited. They actually are on the plane. So they go into a seat and it's not a full, a, a full flight, mm-hmm. you know? So they go in they sit down, they hide in the corner and the, and they, they close the doors, the plane taxis out onto the runway and they're there, wow. they're in there. And they're just like, oh my God, can you believe we're on the plane? Oh my God. You know, so here's Molly. Yeah, Shannon. Nobody was, I mean, people weren't checking your tickets anymore. No. No, in those days. So they take off and, and the plane is going to New York. So they're in the nice. plane and they're now like at, at, you know, you know, like they're in the plane. They've taken off and everything. And the stewardess who let them on the plane is now taking drink orders and she walks up to their seats. <laughs> and she goes, huh? and she looks at him and goes, oh, my God. And the way Molly, Molly Shannon describes it, it's like she is saying basically saying to herself, holy shit, I let these kids on the plane unsupervised. <laughs> So all she says was, would you like anything to eat or drink? And they ordered peanuts and Cokes. And they, <laughs> they ate peanuts and they drank Cokes. And the girl didn't, the stewardess didn't say anything. When the plane landed in LaGuardia in New York, when the plane landed, she let them, she let them out of the plane. So they did it. And then, then they hung wow. out in New York City. They, <laughs> they took a bus to New York. And also, I'm like, this old. is the 70s. Like, yes. how, are you, how are you calling your dad? You to have to pay go phone. to a public they, pay phone. They and- did, and they reversed charges. She tells the whole story. Oh, but, like, so they had spent, like, a half a day in New York. They're, like, 11 walking around New York in the late 70s, Esmeralda. Did they have like the on, money? On 40s. No, they had, like, a bag full of a little bit of money and a bunch of, like, candy. And then oh, they shoplifted God. T-shirts. They went in and they shoplifted, oh, boy. like, all these T-shirts. <laughs> And then they called her dad and her and we're like, we're in New York. You said we couldn't make it. We did. We're in New York. We took a plane. <laughs> and he's like, what? And then he's like, okay, well, and then he says, so this is this is what her dad was like. Go ahead, all right, find your way back. <laughs> I mean, back. get on a plane. And they yeah, couldn't get sneak on a plane. Back, back. They, they couldn't get it. They couldn't. So her dad had to pay for uh tickets to them to fly back from New York to wow. Cleveland. Uh or uh, yeah, to Cleveland, to the airport in Cleveland. And then he made her give him his her babysit money. Her babysitting money to pay for the ticket. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's a crazy story, right? but so I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this it's the the book is amazing, but that's one of my favorite stories. Like, I mean, seriously, what you know, an eleven year old or whatever she was ten, walking around Manhattan in the seventies, New York in the se- late seventies. <laughs> that's frightening. It's terrifying. So, but. uh all right. Any, any is there any other ones here? One more. Um, Let's see. Um, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. Why is this even a story? Why is this even a thing? Yeah. Scientists want to build a giant sperm and egg storehouse on the moon. 
Well, why? Listen, just specifically for Elon Musk, I guess. I get it's. I mean, it's just a proposal, but still, why is that even a proposal? Don't we have enough sperm on this planet? Isn't there enough sperm? Well, on no, this planet? they were. It seems like they were building it for a global insurance policy. Ah, uh, I see. So they wanted All to right. send six point seven million sperm samples to the moon. Yeah. Which you know what? If we mess up this planet, just let's we just we don't deserve. Let's yeah. Not, yeah. Let's not I try agree. again. Let's not try again. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to hear a joke from my uh, father? Oh yeah, for sure. All right. Well, it's Tuesday, so we'll listen to this thing. Ooh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Yeah. What'd I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! Here we go! Yeah. Now, Esmeralda, you know my dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves to tell jokes. 80 years old. If you ever go to the Esmeralda again, if you're ever at the Jewel at Irving Park in Narragansett, um, the longest line will be my dad's line because he has fans who want to hear him tell jokes while they while he bags their groceries. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> so he's been telling jokes uh, for, for years, and every Tuesday he tells one. He just stops by. Oh, now I can actually, now that I have this loaded, Dad, come on oh, in. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell. No, I no, love no. Carrie. No, Carrie. Wait, I love you. All right. No, it's my dad. Okay. <laughs> He's pushing Carrie Russell out of the way. All right. Okay, dad, go ahead. <laughs> Tell your joke. Go ahead. What? My friend took a Viagra pill that got stuck in his throat. He wound up with a stiff neck. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> And then that back. was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. But now we have a whole new element to this, Esmeralda. Now my dad's yes, actually doors walking opening. in. He's pushing <laughs> Carrie Russell out of the way now to tell the joke. It's a whole new, it's just an epic journey now. That's pretty funny, though. Stiff neck, my dad getting a little blue. Yeah, that was good. My dad working a little blue this this afternoon. So, yeah. all right. All right. Hey, listen, the next time we speak, I found this article mm-hmm. and I sent it to you. Um, people might not know this, but at some point in our lives, both you and I were behind the bar and we bartended. Yes. We made a living bartending. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I found this article about uh, things that bartenders hate that customers do. Oh, boy. Let's have some fun with that next time. That's okay? going to be quite a list. It's going to be quite a list. Okay. <laughs> Esmeralda, you rule the planet as always. Oh, uh, ditto, and, sir. And, and seriously, I can't. I couldn't think of doing this thing without you. And uh, oh. that's it. It's always. Okay. I, I get. I, you know. Seriously, two of the biggest highlights of my week every week are the two times I get to speak with you. So anyway. Oh. I'm serious. Thanks. You know that. Uh, the Nick D Podcast is part of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Rate and review us on every platform. Radiomisfits.com. Like, share, all that stuff subscribe skaggs thank you buddy jason skaggs again you've gone out of your uh your way with jim ryan's uh incredible theme that we debuted today <laughs> um we'll see you next time voicemail us 773-417-6948 anytime email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com we will talk to you on friday don't know who the guest is on friday yet still it's mm-hmm. uh it, we'll find out we'll find out but i guarantee it'll be fun i mean it's cheap people should subscribe and tune in anyway for anything oh yeah and, for uh, sure 
Absolutely. All right, Esmeralda, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening and subscribing to the Nick D Podcast. And this is the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.